This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo, and, 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 and I'm not John David. Hey, <laughs> I was wondering how you were gonna uh, you were gonna respond to that. Yes, with me, ladies and gentlemen, John David, of course, still on his honeymoon, enjoying a, uh, a much needed and much deserved vacation. And we thought, okay, who who makes the most sense? Who can we actually bring in to try and fill his shoes? And we're like, well, how about the guy that would not only fill his shoes, but probably like break right on through with his toes sticking out the end? Of course, I'm talking about the doctor of pipes himself, host of the Pipes Magazine radio show, Mr. Dr. Brian Levine. How's it going, Brian? It, it it's going good, and I thought you know what I, I thought the other thing that I could do is I could say, well, uh, hi, this is the new married voice of John David Cole. Ooh, ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the honeymoon brought him down a couple of octaves. <laughs> and just to get even with you, instead of referring to you as Bo, I'm going to refer to you the entire time as By. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. No, no, no. I see. I see what's. I see what's happening here. That's the closest thing we can get to a JD. That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, Brian. Um, you know, you've you've got a, a, a impressive history within the industry. Um, you've worn a lot of hats, and so like, what? Why don't you give everybody kind of the the quick and dirty on your background from a high level? How did you get into pipe smoking, and and how did that propel you to be the juggernaut that you are today? So officially, I was the only tobacco smoker in management when I was in retail at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. So they put me in charge of buying cigars and cigarettes for the casino. That started me down the road into the cigar industry. And then in 1995, I was in a smoke shop and I picked up a pipe and I said, you know, I've smoked one once before. My great grandfather smoked a pipe. I said, you know what? Teach me. And then from there, I went on to manage a couple, a a local Las Vegas smoke shop that had cigars primarily, but did pipes was then recruited to open up the Alfred Dunhill store at the Forum Shops in Caesars Palace. And uh, that's when uh, Richard Dunhill actually handed me my first Dunhill pipe and showed me his way to pack and light it. Wow. It's just been a, a, if you think of shoots and ladders, that's pretty much my career through the pipe world. I got into the wholesale side and then worked with people like Peter Stokeby and got a chance to spend about two years of uh, really close time with him on the road and then just kept moving and going up and down and up and down. And everybody else knows all the other companies that I've worked for. And I've pretty much run out of companies to work for. <laughs> You've tapped out. Yeah. And as we all know, the market's getting a little smaller. So I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a full time podcaster like uh, somebody else on this. <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. So how did you get started with the Pipes Magazine radio show? Kevin Godby from Pipes Magazine came to me and said, I want to do a audio show as a, you know, kind of like a tag along for the website. So Pipes Magazine has regular featured articles and you know, regular columns and it has a forum and all that stuff, but he wanted to do an audio companion for it. And he asked a couple of people and they recommended me. Apparently the talent pool wasn't real deep. So, uh, <laughs> and then I, uh, Kevin and I talked about it. We had Greg Pease sit in on some of the discussions and go over some of the ideas for it. And three months later, after I had to learn what exactly podcasting was, because as I told my kids, 
I didn't own an eye thing. I didn't own an iPod or an iPhone or anything like that. But in uh, September of 2012, I was on iTunes. So I told him, I said, I don't own eye things. I am an eye thing. <laughs> nice. Uh, and of course, now I've uh, succumbed to the dark side. I have an iPhone 8 and a MacBook, and it's fully engulfed my blood. Oh, man, that's ter- terrible. I hate to hear that. As a, as a hardcore Android guy, I, I just I, I hate to hear that. But, you know, hey, we're, we're happy that you did become an iThing. Of course, the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, and Pipes Magazine has been a, a great publication, keeping listeners and readers informed on what's going on in the industry. And man, that's, that's kind of what we want to talk about this episode, the state of pipe tobacco journalism, as it were. Of course, we just recently experienced in the last several weeks as this podcast goes out, the loss of McClelland. But up until that announcement was official, John David and I kind of experienced something unique that we had never really experienced before. And that was we were getting bombarded by emails and phone calls, a few of which I, I think we, they actually copied Brian, you, you on as well, as people were trying to get more information about what was going on behind the scenes. And we were very upfront about how we were getting our information, that we were only putting out official statements. For our show in particular, we weren't really playing into the hearsay. We just really wanted to kind of keep people informed to the extent that we knew things officially. But Country Squire Radio has never really been a news type of show. And that caused me to kind of stop and think. I was like, well, I know that Brian is always kind of, he's got his thumb on the pulse of what's going on in, in the industry. And as one of the most, if not the most recognized names in tobacco journalism, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, what is your overall thoughts on the state of tobacco journalism as it is today? Well, let, let me first of all apologize to the listeners. I couldn't say exactly what I was 99% sure was happening because of my friendships and relationships. I get information beforehand, but I don't put it out until they're okay with it being put out. So I kind of tried to insinuate to people and I still say it. I've been saying it for 15 years. Tobacco is never going to be cheaper than it is now. And it's never going to be more readily available than it is now. So buy what you can buy what you can afford now. And it's just a better time to buy than five years down the road. Hmm. Yeah. With that being said, we've tried to make the pipes magazine radio show kind of timeless so that you don't feel bad if you don't get the download within the first three days. So it doesn't sound like old news. So I haven't spent as much time talking about news related things or, you know, what's been introduced and all that. I I really haven't done that because I want it to be more timeless. In the world of tobacco-related journalism, in the past couple of years, I get more information on the trade side of the industry from several Facebook groups. In particular, there's a couple of cigar blogs that are much more informative to me on the tax and legislation side than anything else. Halfwheel.com is one of them. Uh, Stogie Brothers, I think, is another one that I have in my feed and the Cigar Rights of America group. Those three are where I get most of my legislative information. Because honestly, by the time a trade magazine, and there's uh, Tobacconist Magazine, Smoke Shop Magazine, and Tobacco Business Magazine that publish every other month or quarterly. I don't know. what it, Every other month, is that a fortnight? <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds something like that. Yeah, that, that's one of those things. By the time they publish, all that news is two or three months old, so you really don't get much. On the consumer side, currently in print, there's two publications for pipes and pipe tobacco. 
Pipes and Tobacco's magazine, publishes four times a year, and it is put to bed about six weeks before it mails. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah. By the time they do the final edits and the layout, it takes them six weeks to get it get the final layout done and get it printed and published and out into the mail. So by the time you get that in your hands, it's six, seven weeks old. And then the other one is the pipe collector from the NASPC, the North American Society of Pipe Collectors. And that comes out every other month and it's more of a journal style. So again, but the, you know, they only put out six issues a year. And by the time that comes out, it's four weeks old. So this is why the, <laughs> the the internet killed Time Magazine. Right. So where do you get your, you know, where do you get your current news from is from forums and blogs and Facebook. And even with, with both of us, by the time, you know, I put the show together sometimes 48 hours in advance, sometimes uh, three and a half hours in advance to, uh, to, to Kevin's chagrin. Oh, wow. So. You know, even by the time our shows go out there, you know, you guys record on Monday nights and it's published on iTunes on Wednesday morning. That's, that's right. 30, 38 hours old already. The world is moving fast. No, that's that's exactly right. It was actually it was interesting. I saw a photo that was floated around kind of displaying all of these uh, news organizations and, and websites in terms of like plotting out where their bias is. And I think the, the most interesting comment that I saw on that was somebody said, I don't see Twitter on here. And the reality is that's because Twitter, social media has become the new primary news network. All the, and this is true as, as you niche down into the tobacco world as well, all publications, as you say, are, are delayed. And so where people are looking for, for their primary source of news comes from these groups and, and Twitter posts, of course, the, the Reddit community as well. But it can be tricky, right? Like, how do, you, how do you determine what is hearsay versus what is news? Because as you say, you're kind of in a similar boat to us, which is that when you've got relationships with the sources, but you also have relationships with the listener, you have to kind of make a choice as to how you play that conversation. If you share your own thoughts based on you know additional information that the sources are not necessarily ready to share yet, then you, you risk kind of hurting that relationship and then also potentially risking relationship to get that kind of insider information down the road. But at the same time, if you're not providing your listeners with, in publication standpoint, your readers with the information that they're looking for to be able to make the decisions they have, and you have to kind of figure out how to, to walk that tightrope. I mean, like, you know, what, what about you? How, how you know, this, obviously this most recent situation is probably one of the largest that we've experienced in the last several years, but how did you find the best way to walk that tightrope is? Because when Brian Levine says it, it means something. Like if I read it on, in a, on a blog, it, it may mean something, but I don't know because I might not be familiar with that blog. But Brian Levine, I hear his voice in my ear every single week. So if Brian Levine says it, it means something. How do you walk, personally walk that tightrope? Well, a certain John David Cole will learn this. It's kind of like marriage. Uh, <laughs> you got to, you know, if you come home and something happened, you've, you've got to process and give out the information that is absolutely necessary, but you may not want to give more than what is exactly necessary. But when you say something also, you want them to pay attention. Mm. Pretty soon, everybody will find out exactly how much Boodle's gin somebody drinks. <laughs> I just pick on them just because I can. No, it's okay. Uh, you know the um, as we record this podcast, uh, you know time travel being what it is, the uh, the bachelor party is is coming up, and so the boodles will be consumed quite quite heavily. <laughs> yeah, and uh, depending on how much he drinks on a regular basis, you may want to sell your stock in boodles gin because it makes <laughs> down. 
but I, you know, I, I, I kid, you know, it is, is, you know, listen, my, I have a great friendship with Mike and Mary McNeil and that friendship is worth more than any information that I was willing to leak out. And you do have to, you know, from my standpoint, you know, if I say something, it's either my opinion or it's fact. And I don't want to be part of the rumor mill. I don't want to be part of the feeding frenzy. I, I remember it best from a, I think it was a line in the West Wing, the, the TV show, and it, they were talking to one of the vice presidents and he was getting ready to run for, he was going to run for president. And they told him, I said, you know, sir, you got to pick your spots. And when you say something, it becomes national news. Hmm. You don't go out there and blabber all about everything and respond to everything. You pick your battles and you go for it. Um, I also wasn't sure when it was going to happen. And in regards to with this, with McClellan, you know, I, I waited until I got a copy of that email or that letter that they put out and I got it in my hands. And then I knew, and I, and I made sure with Mary that it was okay to put it on that week's show. I'm, I'm not going to tell, uh, I'm not going to tell secrets or stories about stuff that people don't want out there because it's not good for anybody. Exactly. And then it, it, it really, it's less, it's less news and more gossip at that point. Right. Even, even when you're hearing kind of the closed door conversations, when you're sharing those, it, it is more gossip than it is actual news. How do viewers, listeners, I mean, like wh- where do people go to get the best information or, or the most trusted information on changes in the industry? Because I think that a lot of us are, are, you know, are concerned. We at least have our kind of ear to the ground in terms of what's, what's going on with various policy, with various uh, leaf availability, what that means for different manufacturers. I have said too that whenever, whenever one door closes, there's always a unique way to, to find another place to carve out a door and, and you know, make a better door. Like you, there's always room for innovation. And I think that's true in the tobacco industry as well. But where can people kind of keep their ear and, and I guess know that what they're getting is, is real news, if you, if you will? You know, I think you guys, you guys have done a great job of making sure that whatever you say is actual fact. You know, I try to do the same thing. You can follow a couple of people on on Facebook that I follow. One is uh, Greg Pease, and you know he posts on Facebook, and he's been actively responding about uh, the availability of Leaf and making sure that people understand that it does not affect his blends. The, the same thing with the with the Seattle Pipe Club guys. They've been actively making sure that people know that their blends are still readily available. So I think between, you know, between Facebook and again, between Twitter, you know, the pipe related community, maybe we need to have a pure pipe news related website. You know, Pipes Magazine will post news related things occasionally, but there's not anything except for conjecture, you know, more often than not. Most of it is, you know, just this is what we're seeing. Right. I've heard rumors right now of the fact that there's no more Dunhill tin tobacco in the in the United States or they're not they're not producing it anymore. It's gone. Oh, wow. Well, I called a friend of mine at Lane Limited who happens to be the head of sales for their premium division. And he said, no, we've got a ton. Let's not worry about it quite yet. But at the same time, I remind people, if you're a fan of these Dunhill tobaccos that are on the market now, buy them. I guess that's that's kind of the, the lesson learned uh, holistically is if you like it and you're worried, sell her up. You know what I mean? Like, like fill up the cellar with, with what you like and uh, you know, make sure you have it stored away for a rainy day. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did you, you – know, we, we, we got – 
we got some I, I hate to say hate mail, but but we certainly got some very harsh comments for the the fact that people felt like we were were holding back uh, in the midst of things. I'm kind of curious in terms of of feedback that you've gotten. Have, have you kind of experienced that, or or how do you how do you deal with listeners that may feel like you're not being totally upfront with them when you withhold information? Not saying that we did or that you did or anything like that, but if that's the way that the listener feels, then how do you deal with that? Well, all I can tell you is that you know, emails and text messages and tweets and uh, Facebook posts don't really bother me. But when I get to the Chicago Pipe Show, mm. I'm going to stand behind Mike and Mary McNeil. And all I know is that they're going to get more hatred for you know for retiring or stopping than I'm going to get for holding the information. Wow, yeah. I may have to duck. Because they're a little shorter than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're pretty tall. You know, it, again, it just goes to the fact that I can't say anything in, until it's public. And I apologize to people that I didn't say what I thought was going on. But you know, it's not my job to say what I think is going on. Right. It's my job to say what is going on. And it's also my job with the Pipes Magazine radio show to bring some of the history and some of the characters to the forefront. That's good. Uh, it's not a news show. It's not hard-hitting news and information. I really have fought a lot of trying to avoid the uh, what I call the angry Rush Limbaugh attitude, which can easily you know seep into every tobacco-related podcast or writing or everything because yeah one i'm not angry all the time and i don't know how he does it but he's mad constantly two i want my show to be a place where you go to get away from it and you eavesdrop in on a conversation like watching you guys on monday nights when i get a chance i'm sitting there and i'm looking at you and i don't always tell you that i'm there <laughs> no uh, we we know brian we we we, we no. can feel it <laughs> we can feel you're yeah. wearing the medal while you do it aren't you uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that stays on the little single post of the headboard. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, so it it's like sitting and eavesdropping in on, you know, the conversation that I might hear, you know, sitting on the front porch of a uh, of an old convenience store in uh, Boone, North Carolina, when I'm watching YouTube. Hmm. But, you know, I really tried hard to make sure that the facts are the facts and let's be happy about these are the facts. And if there is real news, you know, sorry, we got to take our bitter pills and do it. Well, and I will say this. I mean, you know, I think that um, there there are several pipe clubs uh, that are also very good about putting out, you know, uh, newsletters and uh, and information and keeping the, their local communities informed. And actually, one of the things that I was both frustrated and, and appreciative of over the last couple of weeks was actually seeing some of the pipe clubs reach out to us to get information. And some had a bit more of an accusatory tone, like as if we were withholding, which was not the case. But I appreciated the fact that they were going out there to kind of twist arms to get this kind of side information, because I do think that there is some of that that can be needed, like that, that is needed to um, have that kind of behind the scenes leaked information. That doesn't need to come from us, because I, I do think that there's a lot of risk that comes from that. Um, but I, I think in, in terms of, you know, a, a nice tapestry of, of where you stay informed about what's going on, you've got the groups, you've got Twitter, you've got the general discussion that, that occurs on Reddit. You've also got these blogs, uh, several that, that are out there that, that keep people informed on what's going on. And if you happen to have a, you know, a, a source in particular that's, that's willing to do a little muckraking and a little, uh, little digging deep into the dirt, yeah, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be Brian. It's not going to be John David. <laughs> but, um, you know. 
And I can tell you, if you do it, it's a very small industry and people remember. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It has to be done anonymously because, you know, we don't like mean people. <laughs> That's a very mean job. But at the same time, no, and- I, I do recognize the value in it. That's the the beauty of this industry. And, you know, I've never talked about the tobacco that I primarily smoke because I don't talk about I, I really don't want to tell people what I what I smoke and I don't want them to go thinking that that must be wonderful because he smokes hmm. it. I also very rarely talk about the fact that when we get to the Chicago Pipe Show and there's twenty five hundred to three thousand people there, there is less than a handful of people there that I know that I do not want to sit at a table with. I've been going to the Chicago Pipe Show for 19 years now. I've been traveling the pipe show circuit for 18 years. I know a lot of people and there is less than a handful that I don't want to sit next to. There may be more than that that don't want to sit next to me, but that's probably because they brought their wives or girlfriends with them and I was felt intimidated and I'm sorry, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just being, he's he's, he's a good looking Uh, guy. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. But I don't have that certain long uh, flowing locks of hair. No, no, I don't. And I, and you know, I don't think anybody will quite have the, the John David Maine until Jesus comes again. (laughs) I do want pictures of the wedding to just make sure that John David didn't wear the dress because his hair is longer. The question is, will he go man bun? That's the question that I have, and I'm pretty sure his uh, his fiance is anti man uh, or now wife is is pretty anti uh, man bun. But all the pictures we'll be capturing those pictures and uh, sure to put them up on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that I can sneak in some kind of live streaming into the bachelor party. God help us all. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens there. I wanted to mention one other one other publication that's out there that's fun reading that is historical. The Pipe Smokers Ephemeris was essentially the first um, the first kind of uh, forum for pipe smokers. Uh, it was put out by a guy named Tom Dunn, started in the 60s, went all the way until his death in uh, the uh, about 2004 or oh, five. Yeah. And it was put out twice a year and anybody could become a member of the uh, of the ephemeris. Uh, he did it all volunteer. And twice a year, if you submitted an article or a discussion about anything pipe or tobacco related or anything, even great, uh, you know, former uh, pipe smokers and history, whatever it was, he would edit it and put it into the ephemeris and the ephemeris would mail out for free twice a year. And it's just full of great historical information. Uh, You can still find them on eBay occasionally. You might find a bound set of volume one or volume two, and you might see them for about 300 bucks, but they're like five, 600 pages. And then again, the other thing that is current, and I encourage anybody that smokes a pipe to become a member of the NASPC and get the pipe collector. I believe it's 22 or $24 a year. Each one is mailed out. It's like anywhere between like 54 and 80 pages of pipes and tobacco discussions and maybe a couple of ads and then pipes and tobaccos magazine been around for 20 plus years you can still buy back issues and it's not a lot of news related stuff but there is a lot of interview and historical discussions and information and as much as I enjoy doing a podcast and think that podcasting and YouTube and blogs are wonderful To me, there's nothing better than grabbing my pipe and completely unplugging from anything electric and holding onto a piece of paper and reading the words on it 
while I'm sitting somewhere smoking my pipe and not having to worry about do I have Wi-Fi? Is my battery draining? All I have to worry about is you know, do I have my tamper and uh, and some pipe cleaners and a lighter and 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 just completely unplug. You can find back issues of those on eBay. You can find back issues at pipe shows. Just you know, great publications. And we both talked about how great and the the late great Lars Everson. Yeah. You know, you may not be able to ever own a Lars Everson pipe. I'll never be able to own one. I mean, I. I I could, but then the divorce settlement, she'd get half of it. <laughs> you still get to see the pictures of them. You still get to see the impact of Lars and you get to hear the discussions in, in, in all these magazines. Um, you get to learn about some of the tobaccos of the past that have come and gone. Great publications and a great way to really completely unwind with your pipe. Hmm. That's, that's good, man. Yeah, I think uh, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to wanting to have that tactile experience when enjoying our pipes. So yeah, for real. Great, great recommendations. And uh, Brian, man, I, I really appreciate, uh, yeah, as as a as someone, a, a seasoned uh, uh, um, podcaster, the OG of pipe podcasting, man, I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit about your experience in the journalistic world and then also helping kind of provide some clarity and some guidance as to where people can look both for staying up to date with what's going on in, in the moment as well as those, those uh, quality classic publications as well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor for this week's episode, Missouri Meerschaum. 
You know, we love Missouri Meerschaum here. You hear us talk about them every single episode. Uh, delicious, can I say delicious? I'll say delicious. Delicious corncob pipes. <laughs> no, you don't eat them. Uh, you smoke out of them. And in fact, they do make the smoking experience even more delicious because with a good, cool smoking Missouri Meerschaum pipe, you get every single flavor from the tobacco that you're sampling or just enjoying around the house. In fact, it's one of the reasons why we recommend having a Missouri Meerschaum pipe as part of your toolkit, as part of your collection, to make sure that you're able to get the best possible taste of every single new tobacco you try. So be sure to check out Missouri Meerschaum. If you've got a Missouri Meerschaum pipe, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture of yourself while you're doing it. Tweet that into us. We love retweeting those out to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. All right, so are you ready for a pipe question of the week? Sure. I don't know anything about that. No, this is good, man. So pipe question of the week is actually a Brian Levine pipe question of the week. Brian Levine, if you Mm -hmm. uh, came up to somebody, never smoked a pipe before, but maybe they just got a pipe for a gift, be it Christmas, birthday, or otherwise, what three tins of tobacco would you recommend be their first introductory into uh, the world of pipe tobacco? All discontinued stuff that they can't oh, get Oh, come anymore. on. No, 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 no. This is the newbie. This is a brand newbie. So I would automatically go with uh, what is readily available right now and is three time-honored classics. For a Virginia Flake, the most popular one is Orlick Golden Sliced. Get the 50-gram tin, learn how to roll, you know, rub out a flake and smoke it. For an English blend, obviously, you know, start off with the classic base level of Dunhill 965. Uh, there's you know, no more time-honored English blend out there, and it's the most popular around the world. And then for the introduction into the world of Virginia Periques, and I'm going to completely ignore aromatics because yeah, I tell them to you know, go hit the blending bar of your local tobacconist and see which ones smell right to you for an aromatic but for the last 10 it would be a scudo the quintessential virginia perique so now you've got a mild to medium english you've got a straight virginia that's got a yeah got a little bit of a flavoring in there to on orlet golden slice but tobacco is the primary flavor and then you've got a virginia perique that's a great place to find out where your taste buds lie what works for you what doesn't you learn how to deal with a good ribbon cut and how to pack it. You learn how to deal with a flake, and then you learn how to deal with the coins of a Scudo. And I'd remind them before they make a decision to try to smoke all the way through the tins completely because it takes several different packing methods. In the case of the flakes and the and the coins of a Scudo, it takes different rubbing out methods, different levels of rubbing out before you discover what flavor you like. So you need to go all the way through those tins completely before you make a decision pro or con. Well, man, great answer to the pipe question of the week. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, you can send it our way. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. Before we talk about some quick fire questions with Brian Levine, we first have to talk about the good folks over at the Tin Society. Now, the Tin Society is an amazing online service with curated pipe tobacco sampling sent to your door every single month. Now, we all love pipe tobacco. We all love the experience, the culture, and we all love to find new things that are going on in the industry. 
But we also can be a little intimidated by some of the high prices of getting a full tin, especially if it's tobacco with perhaps, uh, you know, a bit of a crazy premise. The great thing about the Tin Society is they select various tobaccos throughout every single month and send you a good couple samples that you're able to try it out and know what you're getting into before you go and make that commitment to buy an entire tin. It's a great way to expand your palate and it's such a wonderful service. We highly recommend it. If you use the code SQUIRE at checkout, that gives you 20% off on your first month's service. So again, tensociety.com, use the code SQUIRE for 20% off on your first month's service. Quick five, Chris Jones. I am not doing that little girl. You can do that. Ow! Ow! Uh, <laughs> no. I, no. All right, no. all right. I, I all could right. do the hill, 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 hill. Wow, that's a, that is a pretty, all right, so that is appropriate. That is appropriate uh, for you to do Goofy because this is going to be a quick fire questions Disney edition because we've got Brian Levine. And for those unfamiliar, not all, uh, like the only thing that Brian Levine loves as much as the tobacco industry is the wonderful world of Disney. Brian, are you ready for this? I'm wearing a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt right man. now. All right, here we go. Aladdin or Lion King? Lion okay, King. yeah, no, Lion King. I, I have made the argument before that Lion King is one of the most perfect movies out there. Lion King is the is the greatest modern ad- adaptation of Hamlet yes. ever. Not only that, Lion King has Whoopi Goldberg in it. Lion King has Jeremy Irons. I, I just love his voice. The way he did Scar. So very regal <laughs> and deep and evil. Scar was evil, man. He's one of the most evil Disney villains out there. Oh, I mean, killed his brother, took his brother's wife, tried to kill his nephew, um, and then tried to starve everybody to death and made a made an alliance with, with hyenas, <laughs> of all things. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong, because Aladdin but, is great. I mean, you know, the, even just the genie, uh, Robin Williams as the genie uh, in his award-winning role was was phenomenal. But as a movie as a whole, Lion King all the way. Yeah, if you could just do, and and I've seen them out there. They have the, uh, they, they call it the sweat box where, where the voice actors go yeah. to record. And they just let Robin Williams go. And they've put out some of the stuff that didn't make it into the movie. And I mean, he, God, I miss Robin Williams. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, but then you got all that Jasmine and Aladdin love and mushy stuff that gets in the way. Yeah, and, yeah, the yeah. actual story uh, that, that <laughs> does get in the way of Robin Williams. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Next up, we've got Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, um, yeah, well, simply Snow White because she was the, she was, that was the original. That was the one that every, that, that was the princess movie that, that Walt, uh, Walt thought himself that once they did Snow White, they would never be able Mm. to top that. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, all those other princess stories kind of, you know, touched in different ways. Yeah, I got to go with Snow White. Just because it's you know, the original and you got. Pipe yeah, all right. in so it I was going to say, yes, yeah, so Snow White does have the benefit of the pipe smoking. The the seven dwarves kind of awesome. Actually, you've got the, yeah. the seven dwarf ride. At, at, is it at Disney land and Disney world or is it just a Disney world? Uh, Walt Disney world has the seven dwarfs mine train ride. Disneyland has the old little dark ride go th- you know, ride through of uh, Snow White. All scary right, adventure. All right. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm going Snow White as well. And I, I hope I'm pronouncing, is it Merida? Was she the one from Brave? All right. So yeah. Merida yep. versus Mulan in an all-out fight. Mulan. Yeah, all the way, right? She got the sword. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, Merida is a Pixar character and not 
traditionally a yeah yeah they bought them. I was about to say she's an acquired uh, she's like she's like Princess Leia, an acquired Disney princess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we blew up your planet, and now we take you over. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I gotta I gotta go with Mulan simply because I love Mushu. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You gotta. You gotta uh, yeah, Mushu was just completely uh, <laughs> had uh, you know had the movie been about Mushu, I would have watched it. All right, now there's Mulan who wants to go out there and fight and you know help save her kingdom, but. Merida was cute. I mean, when her brothers or her mom turned into a bear and then she had all that was fun too, but yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather watch Mulan. Oh, as a movie, Mulan is, is far superior. And it's, it's unfortunate because I remember seeing brave and thinking like, Oh, this, this, like the trailer got me. I was like, Oh, I'm here for this. This looks amazing. Uh, and then when I saw the movie, it, it just seemed like three different movies that, that didn't really fit together. Whereas Mulan was a fantastic film. Love, love that movie. But yeah, and, and on top of that, you know, when it comes to archery, Merida could probably take Mulan. But if it's close range, then it's over because she got the sword. Well, and and Mulan's got a bunch of friends. Oh, that's true, too. She's got a whole army. Yeah, I mean, that, and she's got a, fr- a dragon that's a friend. So, yeah. <laughs> how, can you fight a, yeah, how can you kill a dragon? It's impossible. Exactly. Especially the Chinese dragons. They live forever. Yeah, and they give you good luck. So you're solid. All right, now this isn't a quick fire question. I'm just going to tack this on because I just saw this. Have you seen the the Christopher Robin teaser trailer? I have not seen it yet. Okay, no. so so once this is done, once we get off, I am I am charging you to go and watch it. It's very short. I and that's all I'm going to say about it. You you need to you need to watch it. Can I can I confess that I really don't like Winnie the Pooh? I, I but here's the Pooh. thing: most people. Who are, who have been impacted by this trailer are not necessarily like big Winnie the Pooh fans. It just just watch it. Just, just watch it and text me afterwards. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious. To see I, what you got. I mean, I was more excited that I got the email uh, that the, uh, the that the download of Star Wars Episode Eight is coming out on the 13th. Yeah. And I know this is pre this is pre casting of podcasting, but um, I too have a trip coming up and we'll be pre-recording a whole bunch of shows. And I plan on watching episode eight on the airplane, you know, several times. Oh, nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? So, uh, so let's, let's do this in terms of, uh, then we'll do this one as the, the final, uh, quick fire question, best Disney acquisition, star Wars or Marvel. Um, I don't care about Marvel. Oh, what? Don't get me wrong. I'm- star Wars is definitely the best, but still, <laughs> I, I was I was never into the yeah all right you know let, let's I was a geek um no I yeah I know that's gonna shock you I was a Dungeons and Dragons geek from about age twelve until uh, yeah sixteen or seventeen and then I discovered that there are girls and they don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but I, I also worked at a Renaissance fair until I was about 18 and, but the, the Marvel, the, the superhero stuff, the, the Avengers, the X-Men, all that stuff, you know, I was perfectly fine with Superman and Batman and that was good enough for me. Um, I know, but man, I saw star Wars in 1977, two days before it premiered. Oh, you were one of those. I was a kid that was a, you know, a child of a, of a father that was in the film industry and got invited to a, you know, a a preview of it. And I saw it. I, 
<laughs> my dad thought it was the dumbest movie he'd ever seen with some really cool special effects. And then after the title trail, after the, the beginning titles, that was the movie went downhill from there. But I was just in awe of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, except for this, except for this last one, I've seen every star Wars movie on or before opening day in the theater, you know, but I don't deep dive into the extended universe or whatever you call it. The EU, um, which is gone at this point anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it does bother me somewhat that they're kind of making it up as they go with the other movies and stuff like that. But I still, uh, uh-uh. yeah. The, the minute the minute episode nine comes out, I'll be there waiting. Right on. Well, hopefully at some point we get some pipe smoking at Star Wars. We need that. We, uh, you know, we've we've kicked around some different ideas for some Star Wars inspired blends, but uh, I'm hoping at one point we we see a, a a Yoda film or something like that where we get a, a young Yoda puffing on a pipe. I think that would be be pretty amazing. I did that rant a while back where there's absolutely there's there's no cussing in in a a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. There's no cussing. And the only the only smoking that you've ever seen in it was the death sticks on uh, Coruscant, and the Ewoks actually smoked a pipe in uh, in Return of the Jedi. Wait, 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 wait! In Return of the Jedi or the Ewoks films? Because I don't remember that. No, <gasps> wait, or did yeah. they? No, no. In the in the Return of the Jedi, after after C three PO gets done telling the story, the story, and the- yeah having the party there's a couple of ewoks sitting there puffing on really long stem church wardens a couple of them look like baby john david (laughs) man i gotta go back and and watch surgically that's amazing yeah okay great 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 well that's awesome one way or the other we could uh we could use a little bit more of it but uh brian man thank you so much for for stepping up and uh and uh, filling filling John David's shoes and in fact breaking them as your as your feet pop out the uh, the other end. But man, we greatly appreciate you um, you know for what you've done for the uh, the the pipe uh, community, the pipe industry, and of course the uh, pipe podcasting community as well. And uh, it's just a, it's always an honor to to get on mic with you. And yeah, I just really appreciate you, brother. Well, let me tell you there, by. Um, <laughs> I, I, all I all I can say is that you in particular, not John David. John David keeps me a little honest, but you have. Uh, <laughs> me to new limits of new equipment and new and trying to trying to keep up with the quality of what you put out with your podcast so uh thanks and um, i think you owe me a beer somewhere down the road oh absolutely we'll make it happen but uh yeah well next time i see you ryan beers are definitely on me and by me i mean john david we'll talk to you soon brother thank you so much thanks once again, we want to thank Brian Levine for joining us this episode. I got to tell you guys, Brian, he is a champion of the industry and someone that John David and I very much look up to for everything that he's done uh, for just kind of the pipe tobacco industry and, and just also the just the journalism uh, and, and media that surround it. Um, he really is a, a trailblazer and uh, we're honored to call him a friend and mentor. So uh, big ups to him for joining us this episode. We want to encourage you, if you've not done so already, head over to CountrySquireRadio.com where you can find more great episodes like this one as well as join us next week for the return of the live show. That's right, John David is going to be back. It will be back to normal status. I know those of you out there who have missed his voice, I have missed his voice as well uh well he'll be back and so we're really looking forward to it i think next week we've got a great squire select on the docket and we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have some whiskey I'm gonna pair that up with some pipe tobacco and you can join us at 8 30 p.m central standard time at countrysquireradio.com you can also keep up with us on facebook and twitter at squire radio on twitter you can follow me at the real bow york you can follow john david at john david cole and of course the shop's handle is at underscore country squire 
And that's going to do it for this week. I cannot wait for the live show to return and also the return of my co-host and good friend and brother. And uh, man, I, I miss him. I miss him, guys. But we'll see him then. Until then, guys, let's go tonight. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.